Hi there, this is Stephen Toulouse, otherwise known as Steptoe. You are listening to Versus the World Radio. Versus the World Productions. Scaring normal people on the internet since 2010. www.vtwproductions.com The following presentation is released under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information about Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. This presentation also contains adult language and adult themes. To help them battle the evil Decepticons, you can imagine the Autobot creates Dinobots. Transformer Dinobot Grimlock. Other Transformers sold separately from Hasbro. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Alpha Geek Radio Fridays. I am your host, The Other Todd, known to many of you as That Guy Gnomewise, What Does the Stream, for low bandwidth listeners of The Morning Stream. Joining me through the miracle of the internets, co-host of Comics Coast to Coast, host of the Dating Digital Podcast, creator of StarCrossedOnline.com, cartoonist and illustrator and my man in Canada, Joel Duggan. Good morning, Joel. Uh, good morning, Todd. How's it going, man? I am still kicking. Managed to actually pull this together in record time and set the levels properly so I'm not blowing your ears off. And that's a happy thing, I think. <laughs> well, I'm happy. My ears are happy. Yes, and I hope the listeners' ears are happy as well. We aim to make them even happier as we go forward with a full show this time. We have the full 90 minutes programmed. Joining us in Internet Relay Chat this week, we have our wonderful IRC rep, the amazing and incredible Loranis. If you have something you wish to bring to our attention during the show, please send a personal message to Loranis. He will sanitize your content, redo all of the grammar, and send it to us lightly dusted with crack cocaine. I mean, um, fairy dust. And... Please do not send personal messages to the host during the show as you will be summarily ignored. We have learned through trial and error that staring into the IRC during the show makes for really entertaining IRC and really bad radio. So if you want to bring things to our attention, please take advantage of our incredible IRC rep, Loranis, and all shall be well. If you want to use good old-fashioned email to participate in the show, the address is fridays at alphageekradio.com. That's fridays, plural, at alphageekradio.com. Dot com, and we are rolling. Joel, what's going on in your world? Oh, in my world, um, this week was actually a pretty pretty big week. I celebrated my two year anniversary with Starcrossed, uh, the webcomic that I do. Congratulations! Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. It hardly seems like two years. It really has flown by. Uh, it's not a not a terrible uh, amount of um, 
of content because I only post once a week. Uh, but uh, I mean, I'm up over a hundred comics now, which I guess is a, is a feat in itself, and uh, I'm feeling good about it. It's it's nice that the the comic is catching on and all that kind of stuff. Um, other than that, I'm just rolling with the fact that I can't believe it's December already. I was uh, I was in Starbucks the other day and caught myself humming along to a Christmas tune. I was like, no, it's no. it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Although I, I was given some graces on Twitter, uh, I tweeted it out, and and most people forgave me when they found out that it was a Nat King Cole Christmas Carol. Well, see, you've already tempted the gods of the drop-in because we have one that's very appropriate to the occasion. So, no! there you go. Nice. You need to get the one from uh, Star Wars. The Vader. Uh, the no, I, I, re- I refuse. I refuse to even acknowledge that that exists. Any of those movies, as a matter <laughs> of fact. Um, yes, yeah. yeah, so there's just four, five, and six. Um, that's all she wrote. Well, they've put it into six again. I haven't. Uh, I've heard about it, but I haven't reached it yet. I, I got the Blu-rays uh, in December. Or no, sorry, in, uh, in October. Because it's December now, um, and I've been watching them once every other weekend, and I've gradually gone through all five. Uh, Empire was, of course, epic as always, uh, but I'm on to watch uh, the Return of the Jedi over the next week or two, and uh, I've I've heard some unpleasant things about some of the things that Lucas has changed. I'm just going to say it right now. I've said it on other shows that I do, but I'll say it for the first time in this show. God damn it, George! Yeah, yeah, I feel just- the same way. Leave it alone. It's Leave it fine. You done good. You, you don't have to. Uh, yeah. That's a very very long rant, is what that is. Yeah, that's that's a black hole for most geeks that I know. <laughs> yeah, just sometimes, and it's weird because at other moments from other artists, we will flock to special editions and director's cuts of material. And think it's the greatest thing ever. And somehow, George manages to screw that up. And yet, at the same time, referencing your comment of having gotten the Blu-rays last month, still gets our money. How the hell did you do that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, I am glad that I, I, I have them. Uh, some of the changes are actually positive. Uh, when I was watching the first three episodes... Um, do you remember in episode one, that really horrid green puppet that they had that was supposed to look like Yoda, but really didn't look like Yoda at all? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. A little okay. when, they, well, when they thought the CG wasn't quite ripe yet. Yeah, exactly. Well, they've since gone back and replaced it uh, with a CG Yoda. And I have to say, it looks fantastic. Not only does it look like it's really in the room and, and all the lighting is great, uh, but the whoever was the animator behind that CG puppet was obviously watching a lot of Empire and a lot of Return of the Jedi because it looks like it it moves like a Muppet. It doesn't move like a perfect CG creature. It really has some person, personality to it. And uh, watching it in, in high def was, was a real treat. So there are some some good things, and there are still some bad things, like, you know, Jar Jar Binks and all that kind of stuff. But uh, for me, I mean, I haven't seen these on home videos since they were on VH, so I didn't buy any. It's been a long time, so it, my excuse was that, well, I've invested in Blu-ray, and I don't have a copy of these, which is kind of like minus 100 geek cred for anybody, so I decided to uh, put them on my Christmas wish list. And lo, they have come to you. Yes, well, I did uh, an early Christmas, but like I said last week, we I blew your mind with the Christmas in Canadian Thanksgiving land, so uh, no. it was my, my, my mom and my stepdad that, that gave them to me, so it was a very, very cool gift. See, you are once again tempting the gods of the drop-in. 
read your crazy moon language! <laughs> it was either that or... Yeah, you guys are, uh... You're kind of creepy. I think this may be a stupid idea. Yeah. Is that the tick? <laughs> as the tick. That was Patrick freaking <laughs> nice. Warburton as the tick. <laughs> Oh, you just God. got, have you, seen, have you, seen you win one internet for recognize that. Say again? Have you seen the live action version of that show? That was from the live action version. Oh, that was from the live action? Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah, uh, Warburton, I used to watch. The... Warburton didn't, Sorry, didn't, do the, didn't do the voice for the animated. Oh, okay, I thought he did. It's been a long time since I've seen the animated show. Yes, and apparently you, you have come back from the brink of Skype artifacting robot. It was Robot Joel. Oh no! Was I? That, that you can blame Canada for that. That happens on comics coast to coast from time to time too. Yeah, the wonderful Canadian uh, interwebs. Your your pipe is uh, made of lentil floss. <laughs> not quite. I do I do pay for for high bandwidth, but uh, high bandwidth for us might be not the same as high bandwidth for you. Well, I had the uh, the lovely disturbing notice from my ISP of the. Yeah, about a year ago, we secretly instituted bandwidth caps, and now we're getting around to telling you about it and giving you a tool to monitor your usage. So they're basically mm. saying, we got you hooked on all these high bandwidth services like Hulu and Netflix and Pandora, and now we're going to get you. Mm. Yeah, see, I, we don't have, at least not where I am, we don't have caps. My uh, service provider is called Eastlink, and I pay for, I want to say, 30 megabits down, 3 megabits up. And uh, I haven't heard of any kind of caps, but I mean, I don't think I, I'm not excessive. You know, I, I have Netflix um, as sucky as it can be in Canada. Uh, and uh, I, I stream a lot of stuff from like Twit and Frog Pants, but beyond that, I, I don't really tax it. I'm not a, I'm not a big gamer. I'd like to be, but I'm not a, I'm not a huge gamer, so I don't have that, that going on. Awesome sauce. Yeah, I've uh, made this tactical error last month of, doing the uh, first ever over-the-air update that Apple offered for the iPad, the 5.0.1 update, and did it over my uh, cellular carrier. Yeah, I kind of sort of hit my bandwidth cap that month real easy. Oh, like, yeah. This is yeah. 600 megabyte download a couple of times because it had to restart. Whoopsie, tactical error. Yeah, well, I'm talking I'm talking home internet. Um, my my uh, wireless carrier is Rogers, and I definitely have a, a limit on that. I have a 1 gig one gig limit on my phone. Okay, and you uh, said that you said that you just recently switched to an iPhone. We were chatting in the in the pre-show. Yeah, actually, I've got a loaner from a client. Um, I've got my Nexus One here. It's my primary phone, which is mm -hmm. has just kind of reached the end of its useful life. In that they have announced that it will not receive the ice cream sandwich uh, Android version update. So boop, 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 boop. yeah, wah wah wah. Silence. So, I'm just kind of biting the bullet and I'm going to try the complete Apple ecosystem. Thankfully, I have a uh, Verizon uh, iPhone 4 that I can have on loan here for a month or so. Mm. Uh, immediately jailbroke it and got uh, the free Wi-Fi hotspot installed on it. And I'm currently testing it out to see how it uh, stacks up against Mr. T-Mobile Nexus 1 here. And for the 12 hours or so that it's been my primary phone, and thank you, Google Voice, for providing the total number portability, which allows me to just try on phones without actually changing my phone number. Right on. Uh, yeah, oh, totally works. Uh, so far, so good. I'll let you know in another uh, couple weeks if, it's gonna, if I'm just going to give myself over to Uncle Steve's great empire. 
Well, I, I switched uh, two, almost three years ago. Uh, I, I left the world of PC and I uh, have a MacBook Pro and I have an iPhone that's about a year old. I have the, the iPhone 4 as well. And uh, I don't have it jailbroken. I, I choose to live in the safe you know, bubble of Apple. Um, but I like it. I like it a lot. Um, my sister is considering getting one and I'm tr trying to convince her to do it. And for her, it's just kind of a need versus want sort of thing for her. She's not a a heavy user like I am. So an iPhone is something that might be a little bit overkill for her. But I, the way that I look at it is that I don't know what I did without my iPhone before I had it. Like I, I, I have created uses for it and found so many uses for having a smartphone compared to when I had a Sony brick phone for like the last three or four years before I got the iPhone. And uh, I really, I really enjoy it so far. Um, the one thing that uh, I will tell you right now Go have some fun with the camera. I'm not sure what the camera is like on the Nexus One, but um, you sh you should have some fun with the iPhone camera. It's it's a really really nice little piece of hardware. Yeah, the the camera on the Nexus One is certainly adequate to the task, but it is not the. I mean, in the iPhone 4S, I've had a chance to play with, and that camera is oh my god, sexy. Oh uh, yeah, no, th they've gone even higher on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that and and Camera Plus, the the app. For, for iPhone. It's uh, it's like $1.99 and worth every penny. Camera Plus, making a note. Mm -hmm. And I have been joined on the video wall by my first brave listener. Uh, if you have a webcam hooked up to your computer, oh listener base, oh tadpool of mine, join us at www.vtwproductions.com slash frogpants hyphen video. And Loranis will also be linking that in the IRC. And you can join the hosts and the other listeners who have webcams in a just kind of free exchange of facial expressions and waves. Um, we have never quite figured out a way to sync the audio properly between the Shoutcast server and the video wall, but the video wall is still an awful lot of fun uh, when combined with the IRC chat. So you get to see the faces of the people all over the world that you are sharing the show with and IRC chat with them and listen to the show all on one magical page. Thank you, Squarespace.com, with your easy-to-modify tool, and you should totally sponsor this show. Oh, I'm sorry, was that my out loud voice? <laughs> yeah, I struggle with the same thing. I'd like to get some sponsors for my show, but I never know quite how to go about it. I've, ha I've had one person... Um, inquire about sponsoring the dating digital podcast and they were a very they were a sex shop and it wasn't exactly a perfect match for the kind of thing that we wanted to promote on on ddp so i i had to politely decline bow chicka bow bow. <laughs> yeah it's funny you know we've been doing the show for over a year and we still really kind of don't talk about sex we just we talk about like meeting and dating and that kind of stuff we don't actually get into the nuts and bolts as it were yeah, baby, yeah! <laughs> nice. Well, it was either that oh, or... Way to go, a-hole! Hey. Play nice, <laughs> no mice. Aw. Play nice. See, even when I try to do shows with my real name, I still get called no mice. It's just, I'm, I'm never going to be rid of that nom de plume, as it were. Well, that's how it's hard because that's how I met you. Like I right. in the, the Frog Pants chat and and uh, and then on um, Twit that one time it was it was uh, they introduced you I think as Todd very briefly, but then quickly yep. <laughs> went into into the gnome wise thing because both uh, Tom and and Scott of course play Warcraft, so I yep. I just kind of yeah. That's your Twitter handle as well too, right? Oh yeah, that's I've never yeah. seen any reason to change it just because it's and I've got a little Facebook you know page 
personality page up there. Yeah. That's so I just just embrace it, own it. That's, yeah. I, well, and me. do you find do you find that there's a do you find there's like a kind of an inside argument with you now? Like, do you do you wish you had gone with your real name in a lot of chat rooms and and Twitter and social media? Because I I had that decision to make very early on when I started the comic and really started to push, I guess, my online presence. I decided to go with my real name for a little while there. I was um, I was thinking about getting Starcrossed, and I was I was logging in to different chat rooms as like the handle Animafax for my company name, and I just I I was doing that for about six months, and I thought you know this is silly. I've got different names across different networks. I could just change everything and try to nab my real name as often as I can, and uh, and it, it it seems like it's worked out for me. But do you, do you find that do you have any regrets with the whole gnomewise thing now that you've got a lot of your own stuff no. on the go? No, um, I mean those who need to know me by my real name do, and the internet is in fact a scary place. Um, so hiding behind the facade has some uh, some draw to it. So no, I have no regrets. It's just it was it's interesting to try and break the mold slightly and and do a show just as Todd or at least other Todds since there are multiple Todds on our network. Um, okay, and even that is hey Noam, how you doing? I was like, hey, okay, fine. Change is good. You go first. What? I said change is good. You go first. Oh, okay. So, yeah. the uh, Oh, I wanted to also put out a uh, little pimpage. If you wish to become a volunteer, volunteer researcher for Alpha Geek Radio Fridays, we have the process underway. We have created the research thread and are beginning to grant people access to it. Uh, so far, we have great contributions this week from, and I love, I love the fact that he's one of our volunteers because I get to say his name, Boba Fetish. Yes, indeed, the one and only Boba Fetish is contributing to our research thread this week. And if you wish to participate, please send an email to Fridays at AlphaGeekRadio.com with your forum name. You'll need to visit the forums at vtwproductions.com and register an account if you do not already have one. And if you don't, you should because the community there is made uniformly of awesome and win in equal amounts. Send me your forum name and I will grant you uh, read and write access to the research thread. And what we're looking for from researchers is just to gather the odd, weird, nerdy, fun things you might want us to talk about during the Friday morning show that you encounter in your travels during the week. So always looking for people to participate in the network, always looking for people who like to uh, do the research end of things, and that is Fridays at alphageekradio.com. And from said uh, research thread... We have Sensationalist Journalism 101 in the form of, so I saw several versions of the story talking about Black Friday, which is a uh, North America, U.S. phenomenon, day after Thanksgiving, one of the largest shopping days of the year, which in recent years has gotten progressively more and more out of control and insane with the stores opening progressively earlier and earlier, having ridiculously marked down specials with absurdly limited quantities, like, yeah, we have 20 of these things and 5,000 customers in our area who are going to want it, and we're going to make them queue up and fight for it. And But this, this story, while on the surface seeming fairly horrifying, 
um, when you actually read the details, is something that could have happened on any day in any store. But the shocking title is Black Friday, Target Shoppers Step Over Walter Vance As He Collapses and Dies. And they go, this is from, uh, linked from HuffingtonPost.com. Again, this is one of many versions of this article I came across during the week. And a Black Friday shopper who collapsed while shopping at Target Store in West Virginia went almost unnoticed as customers continued to hunt for bargain deals. Walter Vance, a 61-year-old pharmacist who reportedly suffered from a prior heart condition, later died in hospital. And when you scroll down into the lower half of the article... Oh, no. This version of the... Yeah, here we go. Lynn Vance said six nurses shopping in the store came to her husband's rescue and performed CPR until paramedics arrived. From my perspective... A collapsed man on the floor of a Target store with six registered nurses around him is not being ignored. Yeah, I think I've heard about this as well. And I think the sensationalist, you know, kind of nature of the story is what has caught people's attention. And I mean, when I first heard about it, you kind of envision this guy at the front of a line or, or in the middle of a line getting trampled as this horde of people rushes into the store. And, you know, he happens to have a heart attack at the wrong time, not that there's ever really a right time to have yeah. one. And uh, then all everybody's just rushing into the store. I mean, they're looking straight ahead. They don't see the guy. You know, they step over him, they step on him, that kind of thing. Um, but it really just appears that he was there for the sales like everybody else, happened to be out in public when he had a heart attack and uh, there was some people there with proper training to look after him, but he just, it looks like he just had too large of a heart attack to, um, to survive it. I mean, that, that it seems pretty simple to me. Unfortunately, it just happened to ha uh, happen to occur on, on black Friday. And why they needed to sensationalize this particular event when there were so many other completely valid over the top black Friday events like the woman pepper spraying her fellow shoppers in order to move to the front of the line. Um, oh, I heard about that. Yeah. So why did you need to manufacture another one when you had some perfectly valid ones with people beating the snot out of each other? There was a uh, store in Manhattan that part of a national chain. It's I forget the it's Abercrombie and Fitch's other brand name store, and this particular store was not participating in the we're opening at midnight um, advertised special that says, you know, some stores will be opening at midnight. This was not one of them. And people were not paying attention and began queuing up around this store at like 9 o'clock. And then when midnight came and went and the store didn't open, they went completely bat crap crazy and smashed the doors down and looted the place. Wow. I yeah, didn't hear about that one. The my faith in is it humanity. Old Navy? Is that the name of the? Is that the no. name of the franchise? No, no. It was another, um, a, a lesser known one. I remember was reading in the article that it was one of the family of companies with Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh, and, okay. But just the the absurdity of the mob mentality of, well, everyone else is doing it, must be okay. And for. Christmas presents or for you know 50% off hipster clothing that just makes me weep for yeah. the future of, of humanity 
We had a we had a big push here, and I think you guys did in the states as well. Uh, I know no, locally, Halifax, there's a lot going on on Twitter to um, support local businesses over Black Friday, and we're encouraging people to not go to the big box stores and try to find alternative gifts at uh, non-franchise local shops. See, I would totally go for that. I'm a big believer in shopping locally, just the lo- encouraging your local economy. Being a small businessman myself, uh, that kind of mm-hmm. h- hits very close to home. Uh, so I'm always like, yay, huzzah, huzzah, local industry. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I picked up a couple things online um, for the for the home business. Um, Sketchbook Pro 2011 was on sale for 25 bucks, and I, I picked that up. And I mean, I didn't have to leave the house to do it. Excellent. You know, I mean, and I think that's the thing, too. I mean, like I was, I know clothing is different because people have to go in there and get the right sizes and things. But um, for electronics and things, like, you can find some fantastic deals on Amazon, on, I mean, both Best Buy and up here, Feature, Feature Shop. I'm not sure if you guys have Feature Shop down in the States. Nope. I don't think you do. Only in um, Extreme North. I, I'm, well, they're both owned by the same company, which is funny because up here you'll have, like, a Best Buy and a Feature Shop across the street from one another, and it's the same place. Um, awesome. But... Yeah, yeah, they didn't think that went through. Um, but the, like a lot of the deals that they had in the store, you could get the same or similar online either the day of or, you know, a few days later on Cyber Monday. And I mean, like you didn't have to leave the comfort of your own home. Yeah, my uh, co-host Grail on uh, Casually Hardcore, Pluggy Plug McPlugster, Sundays on Versus the World Radio, um, was telling the story of trolling around town with his son to get one of the... Uh, PlayStation 3 $200 bundle deals that were available pretty darn near everywhere, but also were very heavily shopped everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they finally, on their last stop on the way home, just take a long shot and manage to score one, wait in the long checkout line, get it, get all the way home, and his son then sets it aside and doesn't open it. Because, you know, his son had been saving, saving up for this to buy for himself. So he wasn't buying it as a gift for someone else. He had saved his money, was getting it for himself. And Gerald's asking, well, aren't, aren't you going to, you know, play it since we went through all the trouble to get it? He says, well, I need to get a stand for my TV to be able to install it uh, properly. So I'll get that, you know, Tuesday and then we'll, then we'll put it together. And then his response was, then why the hell didn't you just buy it online? Why did we have to go all over town to get this thing today? And his son wisely reconsidered and, and cracked open the box that very moment. Yeah. <laughs> For fear of strangulation from his father. Oh, he was so <laughs> close to, to killing his own offspring. It is not funny. <laughs> yeah. And I don't yeah, think any any judge in the world with a teenage son would have convicted him. It's like, yeah, I get it. You're, you're, free, to, you're free to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really, though. I, it's funny. Like, I, I, I'm a little jealous of everybody that's been picking up these uh, consoles. It's such a, a good deal with like game bundles and the console for 200 bucks. I don't have a console, and I would love to get into some of the games. I mean, everybody and their dog is talking about Skyrim, and I'm just like, Sky what? I have no idea what they're talking about, and I feel yep. like I'm missing out on so much, but I just I can't justify it. Like, I play video games, but I usually play them on whatever system that I have at home that's already geared up to do graphics production, so I already have a decent system for gaming that I need for my professional work. So right. if the game's available for for my Mac, great. If it's not, I'm kind of crap out of luck. So so yeah, I'm, I'm a little I'm jealous of these people that have gone out and picked out like PlayStation 3s and there's a Xbox deal. Uh, it was like the Xbox, a game or two, and the Kinect, and it was 200 bucks in Canada. And I was like, yeah. I know that that was a steal because isn't the Kinect alone $100? And then the, the Xbox is normally 300 So it was almost half price. Yes. 
It was yeah, a smash. I was so close. I mean, it would have been irresponsible of me to do it, but I was very close to getting the Xbox Connect deal just just to have it. Um, but yeah, just I, I need to be good. I need to be a responsible adult. I have children and house payment and all those wonderful things. And I already have a freaking PS3 that I don't have enough time to play as it is. So, what good would the Xbox be? But it, it's the temptation was still strong. Yeah, I mean, and Connect is coming out with Connect uh, Two sometime soon, aren't they? Saw that. Yep. We can talk about that in our next segment because we have reached the end of our first segment, which brings us neatly to our first music break. And what have I queued up this time? I have a little bit of the lovely and talented Marion Call. This is uh, It's Good to Have Jane on Your Side, which is one of her Firefly-themed commissions that she had done. She has recently released her new album, Something Fierce. And in the near future, we hope to have her on again for a virtual concert where she'll be playing the album in its entirety with commentary on each track. Keep an eye on the front page of vtwproductions.com for details on that. We have been playing email tag, and email apparently moves very slowly up in the wild norths of Alaska, where she be from. You are listening to Casually... See? There I went right into autopilot mode. (laughs) This is the problem with a new show. You are listening to Alpha Geek Radio Fridays, and we will fix that in post. Live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. We shall return right after this. Versus the World Productions. Nerds on the Internet. What more could you ask for? www.vtwproductions.com. This show is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet. With over 85,000 programs for more than 1,000 content providers, including leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Audible customers can also have their Audible content wirelessly delivered to their smart mobile devices daily, even while sleeping, taking the computer out of the equation. To find out more, visit vtwproductions.com and click on the audible.com advertisement on the left-hand side. Or visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. New customers in the United States and Canada will receive a free audiobook download when they sign up via that link. audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. to shoot stuff and he don't give a damn what you think he spends his days turning ranches and his nights chasing wenches and he'll happily kick in your teeth oh he'll happily kick in your teeth well he comes from St. Joe where he grew up with his mom Lots of fish and this drunk Mexican And then he hopped a few trains Just to ride off his pains Now he's doing the best that he can Oh, he's doing the best that he can He's too proud to live And too dumb to die 
Lord knows that his mama tried And he's always mad well while he's going to hell But it's good to have Jane on your side Oh, it's good to have Jane on your side He steals what he needs from the big companies And he don't fight for honor nor fame A night out with his gun is his idea of fun And he thinks all you mutters are lame all your mutters are lame Jane on your side Oh, it's good to have Jane on your side oh, He rolls with the Satans But he don't do much hating He don't need a lot from this world Just a little more clutch And some vittles and such and just one night with some pretty girl Oh, some trim from some fine-looking girl Oh, he's too proud to live and too dumb to die Lord knows how his mama she tried And he's always been well while he's going to hell But it's good to And his nights chasing wenches And he'll happily kick in your teeth Oh, he'll happily kick in your teeth Hello, this is John Scalzi And you're listening to Versus the World Radio An earthquake? Should we? Who can? Getting in shape, jogging, only now I've worked up an appetite. A good breakfast is all you lack. Fruit trainers will put you on track. I'll go for that and follow my nose. It's always nose. Kellogg's Fruit Loops cereal. Natural orange, lemon, and cherry flavors. And lots of vitamin C. Part of this complete breakfast. Mmm, delicious toucan, but gotta run! Oh, no. <laughs> Yes, I can just hear the air quotes there. Natural 
Orange, lemon, and cherry flavors. Yes, the the most <laughs> frightening, frightening uh, Saturday morning commercials from your youth. Though, Joel, actually, I don't have a concept of uh, how old actually are you. Are we of, of a generation, or you you strike me as uh, being a youngin? Uh, I'm 32. Yeah, you're well. Ten years is not a, a huge difference, but. Uh, your what? Uh, what were the major animated series of your uh, Saturday morning uh, growing up time? Uh, Transformers, Gummy Bears. There was a the Bugs Bunny and Tweety show was on reruns on ABC. Uh, what else was there? Um, the big ones that I remember were not actually uh, Saturday morning. They were lunchtime uh, uh, cartoons, and it was the Warner Brothers Batman, the Bruce Tim one. And, ah, yes. Uh, Darkwing Duck, and they ran back-to-back, noon and 12.30. So you'd, you'd rush home from school, get home in order to watch Batman. You'd only be able to see about half a Darkwing Duck before you'd have to go back to class, but that wasn't the end of the world because it was you know, it was a lot sillier than Batman. But it was it was a good block for, for an hour uh, lunch break, and that was like when I was in junior high, so it would be like grade 7, or seven 8, 9 sort of thing. Uh, and I feel like there might have been – well, I watched He-Man a lot, but that was way – when I was really young, like five, five or six. See if I can dust off some She-Ra uh, commercials for you. Give you the shivers. <laughs> uh, well, look, funny story about about that. When I was in university, uh, so around uh, 1920, um, I was still living in residence. And uh, things like IRC, uh, Skype, uh, uh, what was that other? Uh, ICQ, the the chat thing that was happening. Oh, yeah. Everybody had computers, and everybody would just have their doors open because it's a dorm. So, I mean, you, you kind of want people to drop by and say hi and chat. So it's a very social environment. And very few people had televisions. So whenever somebody had a television, it was kind of the room to con- you know kind of congregate in. And Marty, one of the guys on the floor, he had a TV, but he had played the sound clip off of his uh, computer. It was an MP3. And it was the uh, very very beginning the filmation audio from the beginning yes. of he-man and then and then the theme the theme song kicked in and you heard the filmation thing and like six guys in the floor their heads just kind of popped out of, <laughs> of their doors like is that what i think it is <laughs> and then of course you heard the he-man theme start and everybody comes down and you everybody was so disappointed when he was playing an mp3 and it wasn't actually on like cartoon retro or something they're just like no i want i don't know see so you, you have t- you have tempt you have tempted the gods again yeah. Okay, we'll just cut it off there. Mm. No, actually, no, when they arrived and found that it was not on video, here was the reaction. Ah, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. <laughs> nice. It works. So yeah, the uh, the nostalgia factor was apparently very high at university for you. But I, I had the same uh, experience. My uh, best friend during college... He actually, I, I did not have the dormitory experience. I went straight from living at home to apartment dwelling. He did a year of dorm just to have the experience. And he was the uh, audio video home theater nerd. So he had an, a completely out of scale home theater system in his dorm. And actually had a computer monitor that would face his door. So when he opened his door, he would have a graphic running. And it was the Rowley Cineplex 1. And it would have the listing of the movie that would be playing that evening. And people would congregate in his, in his room to have the, the full THX experience. And you, on the video wall, has the little rubber dinosaur that goes along with the... Ah, uh, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal! 
drop in. So props to you and shout out to you and Fargram for joining you and I on the video wall. If you're not on the video wall, you should at least be watching it because it's a lot of fun and brings lots to the whole listening experience. And my radio voice. <laughs> be afraid, be very afraid. So yeah, the uh, wanted to use this segment in the spirit of getting to know you since we're starting off this whole new show and people out there may not know who the heck we are. I wanted to hit you up for... Give me the diary of the uh, web cartoon creator. Uh, web comics are more prevalent now than they ever have been, and I have found in you something that I always seek in my web com comic artist, which is consistency. You deliver on a schedule that you promise, and you continue to deliver on that. So for that, I thank you. Well, thanks. It's uh, it's actually it's funny. We were talking with. Uh Katie Cook on Comics Coast to Coast a couple weeks ago, and she said something that is just very, very true, is that posting a weekly webcomic is a lot of work, and no one tells you that going into it. Like, you you, you read them, and you think, yeah, cool, great, I can totally do that, especially if you're, you know, you're, you're an artist, and it's something that you want to aspire to do, and then you get into it, and then there's, it's about six or eight weeks into it when something comes up, when you realize that you are really going to have to push to make the deadline, you go, "Wow, this is this is a lot of work." And I mean, I respect it. I, I'm not I'm not poo pooing it. I'm I'm not complaining about it. I I, I really enjoy the work that I do on the comic. But um, it uh, I I was savvy in that I don't promise to deliver it first thing or at any specific time. I I say Monday. <laughs> <laughs> you and are that wise. Includes, that includes any time from midnight Sunday to midnight Tuesday. <laughs> um, exactly. I, actually, I was I was at a hockey game um, last week with uh, with my dad and my uncle and great uncle actually, um, or cousin. I don't know. It's the, the the Duggan family clan is spread all over the city. So, um, but uh, Dave, um, my uncle, I guess was uh, giving me a hard time about uh, he likes to check it when he gets to work on Monday morning. And uh, it's been a long time since I've been posting it, like 9 a.m. on Monday. Uh, a lot of the time, I actually draw the comic live on Monday, uh, which is something that I, I really enjoy. I've I found over the last six months I've needed my whole weekend to kind of relax and recoup from my, my normal work stuff. And uh, there's something... I break the rules. Like I don't have a buffer. I don't guarantee, you know, like I don't have that guarantee that I will never ever miss a day. Uh, I work hard not to, but if something came up, like I was really ill, then I might miss a week. Um, but what I enjoy about web comics is that I get to draw on that day or of that week exactly what I'm in the mood to draw. And that's something that you don't get when you're in newspapers. Cause I mean, like there's in newspapers in October, you're drawing your Christmas strip, you know, like they're, they're six to eight weeks ahead of time. So it's, uh, it's nice to to have that flexibility, and uh, the thing that um, I really enjoy about web comics, which I think is something that you probably do as well, is that because they're getting so popular now, there's a lot of really good web comics out there. Uh, especially since I've started hosting uh, Comics Coast to Coast with Brian, I find it really hard to keep up on all of the comics that I really want to read. You know, like yep. my list of daily comics has grown from 12 to something like 36 to the point where like I'm kind of behind. <laughs> you know, like we'll have people on or I'll run into people on Twitter and they'll be talking about their latest strip. I'm just like, I haven't read your comic in a week. Give me three minutes. You know, like I'll be right back <laughs> because mm -hmm. I don't have the time. Yeah, I have the similar overload of just the the embarrassingly large amount of good content we have available to us. Now, with the arrival of the tablet in the form of the iPad, 
it's a lot easier for me you know, over breakfast, as long as I take the time ahead of time to arrange my bookmarks, to bounce through the various uh, titles that I like to follow, and get my daily fix without it being a major undertaking, not having to actually go fire up the computer and be you know in computer mode. So the mm. a method of accessing is maturing along with the content that you're delivering. So I think part of the popularity is there's just more eyeballs finding you um, so you, they have a chance to encounter your quality and say, hey, this is something I would like to follow. Um, one of my primary questions from StarCrossedOnline.com, pluggy plug, is what the hell is Sam? Sam's an alien. Okay. And uh, I haven't gotten into any kind of backstory as to where he's from and any kind of technical thing. Um, the, the story behind the, the character design is actually a, a pretty cool one. Um, Peyton Francis is an animator here in the city with me and a really good friend of mine. And uh, when he and I were kind of getting out of the mainstream animation industry here because there was a big lull, uh, we were talking about doing um, an animated short together to try and up our... Uh, portfolios and get a little bit more well known and ultimately things got very busy for me working from home full time he has a, a young son now who's going to be two in February so we just never had the time to complete it but the short was a, supposed to be an alien that came down to earth and was harvesting sound and uh, it was very much in the genre of the old Warner Brothers cartoons and Sam was the alien design that I had made for that that short and uh, I just I really liked the design and when I started the webcomic uh, in 09 I just, I really, I wanted to somehow incorporate it because I really enjoyed the design and I added the ears and shortened the antenna so that it wasn't interfering with my speech balloons and uh, and the and way we went. And the, the, the idea behind it was um, with Charlie uh, being the single dating dude uh, and, and Sam um, also being uh, out there on the dating scene, I needed to have that outside opinion where you know, as an alien, he can look at the human race as uh, as a whole and say how ridiculous we all are and, and get away with it. Um, and that's that's kind of where where he came from. So I haven't actually gotten into any of the, uh, of the backstory. I have had several requests for it, um, but I'm not sure how I'm going to do that. I'm I, I'd like to try something long form. Like I I have a a problem where I only post once a week. It's a gag, gag a day form. I do tell some longer storylines, but I try to keep them to four to six weeks max. So uh, in order to tell like Sam's origin, it'd be kind of a long haul, I think, to kind of tell it in, in strip format. So I might try to put together like a short graphic novel-y type, type thing um, because I, I haven't done one of those at all and uh, I need to learn how to draw backgrounds. So kind of sink or swim, <laughs> you know, motivation. To get in there, and uh, I think I might I might end up doing something like that. Well, if you do it as a you know standalone, it would give you the luxury of working on it and then releasing it all at once as a completed work. So you can take all the time you need to create your background creation skills, tell the story you want to tell it, and and you're, probably the best thing you could do is not tell any of us that you're working on it, and then just arrive one day with it as a surprise for the, the, the reader base saying, look what I made for you when you weren't looking and here it's done. You don't get to bitch at me because it's not done because you didn't even know I was making it. And hey, look, I can do backgrounds now. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the idea. I mean, the, the other problem, of course, is finding time in the day to, to work on that kind of stuff. I mean, I struggle enough as it is to put out uh, to put out the comic. I mean, I subsidize the, the cost of my time that goes into the comic with my other uh, contract illustration and stuff like that. So I will always be able to donate, you know, a day of my week to drawing Starcrossed. And uh, once I get to the point where this day is paid for, then I'll probably try. I, I, would, I would like to really get Starcrossed to three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday sort of thing. 
But sleep uh, I is for the yet. weak. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I was talking with a friend, uh, Laurel, on Twitter the other day, and uh, she was complaining about you not know, being able to work late at night anymore and opting for a couple of glasses of wine versus an all-nighter. And like, look, I haven't, I haven't been able to pull an all-nighter in years. <laughs> Peyton teases me, says I'm getting old, and I just, I, I can't work past one a.m. I'm useless unless it's just something simple like show notes or, or something where I can lie on the couch with my laptop. But I, I can't sit at the drawing table at. Uh, anytime past 11.30 or midnight and be useful at all. I end up making mistakes. I end up hating what I did the next morning. So it's a bit of a, an issue there. But uh, yeah, I, I, the thing with um, with web comics I find is that I struggle now um, with visiting people's websites. I'll, I, I find I read them on RSS feeds like Google Reader. Uh, I have actually, if, you're, if you've got an iPad, um, what's the really good one on iPad for RSS? Uh, they talk about it on Tech News Today all the time. Flipboard. That's it. Yeah, Flipboard uh, is apparently really good for reading comics. And I use Pulse on my iPhone as an RSS reader. And that's a really slick interface as well. And it's great because it gives you that graphic um, you know, look. So you can instantly recognize comics like Sheldon or PvP or whatever you happen to be reading and, uh, and go through them that way. The problem that I have with that is uh, most of my income from the comic is generated through either advertising on the website or people that um, buy commissions and stuff, none of which you can get to unless you actually visit my site. So I feel a little guilty, especially reading comic creators that I know don't do it full time um, by reading their stuff via RSS. Like I, I try to always click through um, to their sites. So that's, that's where my falling behind kind of comes in. So when you read your web comics, do you find you're going to web websites or are you doing the RSS thing? I typically do the website thing because I am, as someone who relies on advertising income to pay for our servers for our shoutcast streaming and our downloading bandwidth, um, I understand the concept of my traffic needs to be above a certain level to attract sponsors and to provide the, the opportunity for click-throughs. So I'm a little more dialed into the need for that. That, and it's just really easy on something like the iPad to just go to the regular website experience and use the embedded reader. I haven't felt the need to actually go through the trouble of finding the RSS feed and programming the RSS feed into Flipboard as wholly a thing as Flipboard is. Because what Flipboard does is beautiful. It takes all of your various content like Facebook and um, Twitter and any RSS feeds you want to feed it and does a magazine treatment on it. it. will follow the links that are embedded in the various tweets and things, pull the graphics up and give you a magazine-like format for it. And it is just a beautiful way to deliver this kind of uh, serialized content. But it just hasn't been worth the trouble for me when I can just go to the gorgeous website in the embedded copy of Safari and just read my comic right then and there. So it serves both masters of, it's easy for me to go to my bookmark and just read my comic for the day and it gives the creator some traffic. So it works for me. Yeah, I mean, I have friends that are aware of that and they'll, they'll visit my website and they'll go one step further and they'll, once they have finished reading the comic, they'll click on the Google banner above the comic or they'll try to click on one of the Project Wonderful ads, that kind of thing. And uh, I mean, it all goes to helping make the website look more uh, traveled, more popular, which allows me to increase the rates that, that people um, advertise on the site for that kind of thing. Um, I know I should really get around to 
um, putting advertisements uh, in the RSS feed. Uh, nothing crazy, just like a small banner, um, just to kind of help subsidize that. Because I know that once your comic reaches a certain readership, there's a significant amount of people that um, that read it via RSS, and uh, I should I should probably get around to taking advantage of that. In your copious spare time. Yes. Yeah. Lots of that. Lots of that. It does. It, it does um, constantly circle back around to this. That's why it took me. Uh, no less than uh, seven months to get this show off the ground because the idea came ages ago uh, during the inception phase of the morning stream when Scott said, well, we're, we're just not going to be able to do Fridays. And I immediately thought, oh, well, I could probably fill something in there. And then here we are in December and we're finally off the ground. So, yes, copious spare time does play a role. Yeah, I have the, I have the same issue, of course. I, the thing that I find with podcasting that... Uh, for me, I, I feel like I've always been able to dedicate a certain time during the week to do a podcast. Um, editing, of course, takes a little bit more time because I'm still new to all of this. Um, but I find it difficult to find co-hosts that have time to do once a week. So I ultimately end up doing a few monthly shows, which come out once every week, different episodes. Um, but it allows me to have like, you know, two or three different co-hosts and stuff like that. So it, it, it keeps me going and publishing stuff once a week, but it, it's on different feeds. So. Yeah. The same kind of challenges apply. In fact, we've been working with, uh, Daryl, the Trek nerd, uh, that you all in the tadpool know and love from the stump a Trek nerd segments on the morning stream. And we're going to do a segment with him where the Trek nerd stumps and, Depending on the week, it'll either be a Star Wars nerd or a Doctor Who nerd. And just the challenge there of meeting up at a specific time online, you know, we will wind up doing his segment pre-recorded so that it doesn't constantly interrupt his uh, employment because he's you know, working while we're doing this morning show because he's in a different time zone and it just makes a lot more sense to do that bit pre-recorded. So yeah, the, the challenges of, of timing these things out and getting us all together on the same page... Uh, not unknown to me at all. Very, very, very uh, present to me right now in the emails I'm doing with Daryl at the moment. This actually brings us neatly to our next break. And it being the holiday season and all, is we have some Paul and Storm queued up for you guys. Two of their uh, holiday offerings. Uh, the way too early Christmas song, even though it's kind of past that point because we're actually into... A time where I'm actually willing to let you know people play Christmas music and not criticize them for being, you know, hey, it's only Halloween and you're playing Christmas music. I'm going to kill you. And following that, we have Grandma's Christmas Dinner, which is just all kinds of fun. So you are listening to Alpha Geek Radio Fridays in our somewhat inaugural Less Seat of the Pants episode two. We shall return right after this. Versus the World Productions. Podcasts and blogs by geeks for geeks. www.vtwproductions.com It's not December. It's barely even November. Outside it's still too warm for snow to fall. Halloween was yesterday and winter's still a ways away. But try to tell that to the folks down at the mall. Inside's a winter wonderland. I'm sorry, I don't understand. 
Cause mistletoe on Veterans Day just seems wrong But the shops are filled with Christmas cheer And on the speakers all you hear Is a way too early Christmas song Leaves just started changing But the stores are rearranging Their decor to wintry Christmas themes See the red and green displays Just 58 more shopping days Cardboard elves are planting plastic trees Jesus in his manger cradle Plus a little Tolkien dreidel in a big display next to the cinnabon with three wise men and gifts they bring just plug them in and they all sing the way to early christmas song i know you need to satisfy your investors but couldn't you wait at least till the savior's third trimester Finally, just outside the master cuts was Santa And that fat bastard's ho-ho-hoing drove me up the wall Something snapped, I lost control And kicked him square in his North Pole And as he dropped, I decked him in his halls So my friends, I wish you well from the mall security holding cell I hope that they don't keep me here too long May you and yours find peace and love Unless you are the writer of The way to early Christmas song Piled the family in the SUV on Christmas Day And headed off to Grandma's house 100 miles away For Grandma cooked a great big Christmas dinner for us all She's done it every single year since I was very small Now all her life our Grandma's always been a bit confused Forgetting where she parked the car and wearing mismatched shoes We thought that it was cute at first, but lately she's been getting worse The final straw was when we saw the dinner she produced This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog this Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. She crammed him full of yams and served him up with mashed potatoes. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. Uncle Al threw up and Auntie Patty screamed with fright. But I was really starving, so I snuck a tiny bite. That yappy little bastard always drove the family mad. But with some chestnut stuffing on the side, he's not half bad. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. Turns out that Chardonnay's the perfect wine with Cocker Spaniel. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. Sing it, Grandpa. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. We don't know where the cat is, but dessert is on its way. This Christmas, Grandma cooked the dog. Hi, this is Scott Johnson, artist of Extra Life at MyExtraLife.com, and you're listening to Versus the World Radio. Uh, 
Alpha Geek Radio Fridays continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com, with myself, Other Todd, and joining me from the exotic land of Canada, Joel Duggan. What up? Not much more than what was up five and a half minutes ago. Yes, but this time we actually have a plan. So we're going to talk about more stuff from Boba Fetish and his research thread this week. And we have something near and dear to the hearts of comic collectors the world over and just nerdy people who love superheroes. Nicolas Cage, Action Comics number one. Yes, the original introduction of Superman. In this initial story, hits record of 1.552 million with 24 hours left in auction. We have a new world record in the highest price ever paid for a single comic book. Now the question becomes, just how high will it go? With 24 hours left in the auction, the infamous Nicolas Cage copy of Action Comics number 1, graded 9.0, and the best condition copy graded by CGC, has hit a record of 1.552 million. The previous record of 1.5 million was set in March 2010 by an Action Comics number 1, graded at 8.5. Follow-up article to that... So you think 1.552 million for, you know, you, you, you badly need to go bind your first two years of strips together into a trade paperback and get it on the shelves so that someday we can bid it up to, you know, 1.552 million? I, yeah, that's, that's an awful lot of money. Well, and that's only half the story because the final price at the end of the auction was $2.16 million for wow. a comic book from 1936. Which a, has a, uh, a sale price tag on it for 10 cents. Yeah, who knew? Yeah, yeah, I don't think they... Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, I, I hear this, and as much as I want to, you know, promote comics and comic books as art and as as collectibles and as things of you know cultural value in our society i feel like two million dollars is overkill you know like i it, i it goes back to something that um andy anako said on another podcast i was listening to about the new dc reboots and he was saying you know don't go buy these and put them in bags and boxes don't put them in in you know boards and and stow them away buy them read them Read them a lot. Read them, you know, several times over. Share them with friends. I mean, they're, they're meant to be read and enjoyed. And, I mean, this is a book that probably will never, ever get opened. You know, it'll stay in its, in its whatever sealed form it's in. And you just get to stare at the cover, which, you know, is, is a, a cover from its time and is not horribly well drawn. You know, it just, it's, I don't want to poo-poo it because, I mean, I love Superman. He's my favorite superhero. And I think that this is... Uh, getting a lot of attention for the comics world, so there's positive stuff in this as well. But it would be nice to have seen what this would have done, you know, for a charity, you know, uh, especially with the holidays on us. You know, like it, everybody kind of thinks about what ways can you give back, and uh, two million dollars for a comic book versus what two million dollars could do for insert your, you know, charity here, um, just seems like a bit of a I don't know, a moral dilemma for me, even as a comic book artist. Yeah, it's uh, amazing the kinds of things that people will place insane value on. And the, the, 
the phrase more money than sense comes to mind. But yeah. to the person buying it, they probably think they just scored the the biggest thing ever. They may have been pursuing that their entire lives just because that became their passion. I mean, people will be passionate about the strangest things or will it will seem strange to those of us who do not share that passion. I mean, there are people who look in on people who do podcasting and say, what's the big deal? Why are you so fired up about this? And they'll never get it. And then we can't make them get it because you can't make them you. So, yeah, I think 2.16 mil for an aging uh, comic that, as you say, will never get opened, will never be touched by human hands again except for through a Mylar bag. Um I have a hard time wrapping my head around that as well. and But at the same time, I understand where that, that kind of burning passion for whatever it may be comes from. Because I think nerds and geeks, as a breed, we are fairly passionate people. It's part of where you know the, the reputation comes from or where you know the, the, the brand of geekiness or nerdiness is through a somewhat insane dedication to something that is not mainstream. So part of me understands completely and part of me says, wow, what, what could you do with 2.16 mil you know, other than spend it on a piece of paper? Yeah, well, I mean, it, and it, it starts to compare itself to, um, you know, fine art. I mean, the people that are, are buying fine art and putting it on display in, in different museums around the world, I mean, it's an investment. It's not just, you know, them buying something because they collect it. They're, they're treating it as um, part of their their total net worth. I mean, and that's, that's where this has entered the realm of is, is a, is kind of a, a fine art collection, that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And, and living in the internet age, I'm actually quite happy that things like the story will get out there. You electronic scans and copies of these things are available and can be read repeatedly without ever damaging the precious original. So mm, that's very like, true. It's to a larger extent now than ever before things don't get squirreled away and hidden from humanity. More and more things are just put out there for every single niche passionate person to find their one little holy grail thing and consume the heck out of it without ever destroying the original in any way. So digital copies of stuff, big fan. Um, collectors and purists, of course, will say it's just not the same experience. I'm a big lover of story. Story and dialogue are what will draw me to a comic faster than anything else. Even if the art is only ho-hum, if the story and the character development and the dialogue are great, I'll read the heck out of it. Um, so I can have that without having to have backer boards and Mylar Snuggies and dust-free boxes, then all the better for me. Mm -hmm. Now, next one down the list. In the form, in, in the spirit of... Uh, Weird web. Oregon Man aims for squirrel, hits his foot instead. Monroe. So what Oregon. you're telling me? <laughs> Sorry. Go on. I thought you were done. No, I was just saying what you're telling me is the squirrel is faster than a speeding bullet. It would appear, at least a 22 caliber, <laughs> anyway. And the man shot his own foot, and you'd think, okay, pic picturing that in your head, you'd think he had a handgun. No, he had a rifle, and managed to shoot his own foot. With a rifle. That's. I, I will never understand stories like this. Like the, the squirrel <laughs> is on your leg, 
why on earth would you point a firearm of any kind at that squirrel? Seemed like a good idea at the time? Yeah. So from the article, this is from KTVZ.com. The thing to do if a squirrel runs up your leg is probably not to aim a twenty-two caliber rifle at it. A Benton County, Oregon sheriff's officer said a 36-year-old Monroe man told deputies he was startled by a squirrel that ran up his leg, so he fired at it but hit his foot instead with a rifle. I, I, I got nothing. What One can only hope that he probably had the rifle in a uh, downward-pointed position and that the squirrel ran up his leg and startled him, and he didn't try to shoot the squirrel, but in his startled state, he pulled the trigger on the rifle. That's the only way that I can see this happening. Like, I can't even imagine getting a rifle up and over towards a squirrel fast enough. I mean, that's a large weapon to re-aim at your own leg, you know? At, at a skittering little, you know, rapid-moving critter like a squirrel. What the hell was yeah. it doing running up his leg in the first place? I mean, what, what would cause a squirrel to do that? I, yeah, I don't know. Because, uh, I mean, uh, in parks, of course. I mean, around here, you can get squirrels to eat out of your hand if they're in a public park. But I, I don't know in in the woods hunting how a squirrel would be that friendly. You know? And Maybe they, his they camouflage, out. he mistook it as a tree. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> really good camouflage. Mm. Squirrels as... plotting to take over the world. They're going to start running up people's legs and watch us all kill ourselves. Like, I, I hey, don't know. I, I've seen those. Mine. I've seen those totally accurate videos of squirrels with lightsabers, so you know they're planning something. Yeah, actually, those are funny. Those are funny as hell. Yeah, have you the, seen? Uh, uh, there was this, there was this one about jerk jerk animals. It was on TMS a few months ago. Yes, and there's this one where there's a stuffed squirrel holding a peanut, and there's this one this one squirrel is inching slowly towards him, like I want your peanut, <laughs> I want your peanut, I want your peanut, and then out of nowhere. This giant ninja kicking squirrel just kind of like takes out both both squirrels in one giant leap. It was fantastic. Yes, really, Chuck really good stuff. The Chuck Norris of squirrels. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> and not surprisingly, the uh, victim of his self shooting declined to comment about the November twenty third incident. What a shocker! There, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, don't tell anybody. Thanks. I mean, no, yeah, it never happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's brutal. I mean, that just that, we don't hear about a lot of this kind of stuff in in Canada because the the gun laws are vastly different, and uh, we don't have as as ready access to to firearms. I mean, there's hunting licenses and stuff like that, but it just yeah, that that's bizarre. I have I mean, some friends one, that hunt, and they would probably laugh their butt off about this. On one hand, I mean, I live in Arizona, which has generous gun laws to say the least. Um, where you are completely welcome and permitted to wear a gun in a holster on your hip um, and can, with the uh, taking of some basic classes, easily qualify for a concealed carry permit. And it's routine to see um, signs on the doors of grocery stores saying, you know, no firearms permitted in store or check firearms at customer service des at, uh, desk as you arrive. Wow. And they mean it. And they need to have these signs because occasionally people are actually packing. But... Just the the whole concept of an armed society is a polite society. Okay, I will grant that. But an armed society will also generate stories like this one because you can't fix stupid. And if you give stupid a gun, 
he's going to shoot his foot off. Hmm. Or worse, somebody else. This this is indeed what we find. At least it was self-inflicted and not going after somebody else. You know, because the squirrel was going right for him. He's coming right for us. And <laughs> these these and, and to top it all off, he didn't even manage to kill the squirrel. Yeah. Yeah, and in this kind of situation, I'm glad the squirrel got away scot free. That's kind of, <laughs> I would be kind of <laughs> upset if he actually got the squirrel. Now you have. A story that uh, caught your eye from the research thread, uh, a, a work of art in interesting yeah. uh, form. Interesting form indeed. Um, since we started off with Star Wars, I thought we could end with Star Wars. And uh, this is from device.com in the archives. And it is a s- story about where to stash your booze. Uh, holidays are coming and I have the perfect spot for it. This is an AT-AT liquor cabinet. Um Oh my goodness! It, it this is beautiful. It's it's a, a full-on wood and brass um, liquor cabinet, uh, fully functional, and it's. I'm, I'm looking at the dimensions here. It looks like it's about five feet tall, mm-hmm. probably about five or six feet long. Everything in it is just wood and and decorative screws. It's very stylized, you know, like it's it's a very simplified version of an AT-AT Walker from The Empire Strikes Back, but it is really freaking cool. And of course, yeah, your the, liquor the wood inlay is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fantastic, and and the 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 liquor, of course, goes in the place where the troops would go, in the altering uh, attack transport. I this is wonderful stuff. Yes, Lord Vader. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, you imagine that communique like uh, the uh, the shields will be down momentarily. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I we're going to the shield generator now. You can start your landing and. We, this is a great party, dude. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> I love you, Vader. <laughs> I just oh, know you're man. sexy under that mask. Yeah. Ugh, be afraid, kids. Be, don't do drugs, kids. Just, you know, do, do as we say, not as we do. Yeah. I'm, is that my out loud voice again? I think so. I heard uh, it. Gosh darn me. You could be tele- telepathic. You, know, you, 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 might, you can read minds. You may be psychotic. Yeah, they don't Again. give a whole lot of information in the article. They just just the pictures are enough, really. But I yeah. was hoping they would give kind of like a price or a you know a way to a way to to look at where you might be able to get something like this custom. I mean, I think it would be really neat to have um, anything from the sci-fi you know universe as a liquor cabinet or you know like a kitchen kitchen thing or a bread box. I mean, you could you could do this kind of thing for geeks and still have it be a very attractive piece of furniture that, you know, the the non-geek in the house might not <laughs> disapprove of, you know. Now, one of the things we saw at Penny Arcade Expo were these gorgeous the, the craftsmanship on these gaming tables for doing role-playing games, pen and paper gaming, and they were designed to convert to a very useful shape for all the gaming for the various people around the table, the DM with his little shielded area, and a great area for a map and figurines for you know that kind of game, and then fold back together into a gorgeous dining room table. So it serves both purposes beautifully and is a complete work of art as a piece of furniture, and also a complete piece of nerdvana that anyone who's into tabletop gaming would love to have in their home. Little spendy, but there's definitely. I say, when you when you get into custom stuff like that, it's usually the price barrier that keeps me from being remotely interested. I mean, it's all 
well and good if I won the lotto, but you know some of these pieces of furniture. I mean, like I there's I haven't been able to find a price here as you as you've been chatting. I've been looking around online and I can't seem to find a price on this AT AT liquor cabinet. But I imagine it's probably a hefty price. I mean, it's a wonderful piece of art and probably one of a kind, if not one of very few. It may be just a demo and and they will accept commissions, or someone may simply artists have done it as a one off just just to prove it could be done. Mm. It's funny, you know, I've often said, like, when people ask me, you know, what what would you be doing if you weren't a cartoonist and an artist? Um, working with wood or carpentry, or, I would still be creating stuff. But uh, carpentry and woodworking has always been kind of a, a draw for me. I just, I've never had the opportunity to dabble in it because I've always been in an apartment and there's no real room for that kind of work. Are you a secret listener to the Wood Whisperer podcast? I, I've seen a couple of the videos um, only because I, I found them really interesting and I always learn something. But because, again, I'm not a word worker, I, I, don't, um, I don't partake regularly. But whenever they have a, a special episode that I, I, I see on Twitter that I find interesting, I usually, I usually tune in. That's one of the more interesting you know, uses for the uh, netcasting medium that I had seen that re- just reminded me how good this medium is at reaching the niche market because there's an incredibly popular podcast and video cast about woodworking, which is not oh, my yeah. thing, but obviously it's somebody's thing because they have no shortage of uh, viewers on their channel. So yay, go podcasting. Yeah, well, and I think that, I mean, I've heard it several times before, but if, if you're interested in it, then there are lots of other people that are interested in it, and all you have to do is just seek out those spaces online. And, I mean, like, um, one was the, there was one little meme here at the recent Comic-Con, and uh, you're familiar with steampunk, right? Oh, yes, God, yes. Okay. Well, there's this little offshoot of steampunk called Nerf Punk, and it's basically <laughs> people steampunking themselves out but with nerf guns of course and and, and related stuff you know so it's all foam and plastic and bright colors i mean it is hilarious but i would have had no idea and it is really popular (laughs) you know know? and you're like holy crap like there's just there's something for everybody when when you're dealing with uh, podcasts netcasts websites blogs like just it's it's almost it's almost too much to take in, you know, like you, you kind of have to be glad that you have your own little niche because if you were, you know, if you had so too many diverse interests, <laughs> you, you'd, there'd be no time left in the day. Well, that's the problem. I mean, I've, I've recently unearthed and dusted off my uh, amateur radio hobby, ham radio hobby, and you know, it's a challenge to cram, you know, that many things into a week and, and do them justice. Um, now, the internet age has brought me tools that didn't exist before to... I don't actually have to have a radio tower or a radio here in my home in the middle of Phoenix, which would be a challenge to get by the uh, homeowners association, to say the least. I instead have an internet-connected box that leads up to the White Mountains of Arizona, where my Elmer has a real radio and a huge tower, and I can remote access it and remote operate it from here without having to build any physical plant or infrastructure here. So it's a hell of a lot easier for me to do amateur radio now than even six years ago without, because the challenge was, well, I can be interested in it all I want, and I can operate on it to a certain low level, but if I want to go for long-range contacts or you know, start shooting to the next continent over, I need something bigger than I will be allowed to have where I can afford to live. And thank you, Internet, you once again have brought us a tool that lets me overcome that barrier and enjoy another one of my hobbies that, had forcibly gone by the wayside. So thank you, Internet. I guess we should all be thanking Al Gore at this point, right? 
Yeah. I'm more thankful for his uh, guest appearances on Futurama, actually. So. I haven't watched Futurama in a really long time. I need to catch up. The new season has some surprisingly good episodes in it. Um, they're the same up and down in quality of previous seasons, but there's, there are some yeah. standout episodes that are, are really worth seeing. I'm a, uh, I'm a cord cutter of a few years now, so I have to catch that kind of stuff on iTunes or Netflix or whenever it becomes available. I am about to become a cord cutter. I'm getting ready to jettison my cable TV and go to Rabbit Ears for local HD TV, uh, and then Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon Prime streaming for all the rest of my content. Got the PS3, got the Roku, got a Mac Mini hooked up to the computer to grab Doctor Who off of iPlayer, which you've you've since learned that the iPlayer will work for you as a Canadian citizen. You 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 scum you. <laughs> not, yeah, I'm, I'm not jealous. I'm looking for an, an Apple TV. That's that's on my Christmas wish list for sure. Yeah, the little hockey puck is uh, becoming a more and more worthwhile pursuit. Mm-hmm. All right, so as we reach the end of our second episode here, uh, it is now time for this week's shameless plug. Now is the time for a shameless plug. And I believe, Joel, you are the winner of the Pluggity Plug McPlugster Award. You want to talk to us about one of your other uh, netcast projects, I believe. Yeah, uh, this this month uh, I'm, I'm recording um, the new Dating Digital podcast. We're doing that this afternoon. It's going to be our first live experiment. Uh, it is currently 12.30 p.m. my time. So in an hour to an hour and a half, myself and my co-host Laura Lundquist are going to go live on uh, my live stream on my blog. And we're going to do our uh, holiday dating episode of uh, the Dating Digital podcast. And uh, we're going to be talking about... Being single uh, around the holidays, um, some of our experiences when we weren't single around the holidays about you know visiting family and what that all entails. Uh, we also have lots of email, uh, thanks to some lovely contributors from the Frog Pants chat room and community uh, to talk about uh, on the show. And uh, hopefully everybody will enjoy it and bear with us as it is our first time doing a live show. Uh, it's a heavily edited podcast on the um post-production side of it so uh there's no live bumpers or music or anything like that but we will do our best to keep everything uh, upbeat and entertaining so uh to find the show the blog is the dating digital podcast at datingdigitalpodcast.com uh we are on twitter dd podcast and the live stream i'm because we don't we haven't done this before i'm just going to hijack my um my comics live stream. So at starcrossedonline.com, there's a uh, live stream page, and there you will find uh, the Ustream as well as the uh, IRC chat, which is uh, irc.thinstack.net, and the chat room is animafax, A N I M A F A X. And uh, I have links on uh, the podcast blog to all of that stuff. So if you are around uh, at, uh, I guess it would be about. Um, 12.30 Eastern Time today and you'd like to stop by, we will also be taking some questions and comments from the chat room as we can. And uh, it should be a fun show. Uh, get everybody in the, the holiday spirit for dating over, over the Christmas season. Most excellent. We shall be there with bells on. Further programmatic announcements for today, coming up next on Versus the World Radio and the Frog Pants Network, the live recording of The Instance with Scott Johnson, the T, also known as Terpster, and Dills. Not sure 
if all three will be there today, but you will find out shortly. We will hand the stream over to Scott once he arrives in the IRC. And then following the instance at 12 o'clock Mountain Time, that would be, let's see, 2 o'clock Eastern Time, will be this week's premiere of the Tadpoolery Podcast, which has arisen from the depths of the Tadpool, also known as the Frog Pants Chat Room, the awesome community What It Be. So you guys have a block of live and premiere goodness now that we've shaped up for you. And that's going to be this way every Friday from now on. You can start your day with the morning show of Alpha Geek Radio Fridays. It'll be followed by the instance live recording. And following that every week will be the premiere of that week's pre-recorded episode of the Tadpoolery Podcast. That is completely made of win. It is a good time to be a geek. Let's give you the various contact information summary since we are new and we need to get the info out there and we ask, please share this information with anyone you think may enjoy the show we're producing. We're also constantly looking for feedback, ideas, segment ideas as we continue to develop the show. We are going to be giving it more structure as we move forward with regular segments. Uh, Joel and I are going to brainstorm ideas for topics to focus on week to week, get a large pool of those, and then in, on a given week we will select three or four of them to present to you. But if you have ideas about the kinds of things you'd like to see us focus on, please send us an email to fridays at alphageekradio.com. You can reach me on Twitter. I am there as at GnomeWise. You can reach Joel as at Joel Duggan. That's J-O-E-L-D-U-G-G-A-N. If you wish to get automated notification when shows go live on the Versus the World Network, you can follow VTW Productions on Twitter. And you can also see announcements for when shows are posted as archives on that feed. So live announcements, announcements from our front page, and announcements of when archives are available for download via podcast. Simply follow VTW Productions on Twitter. Or you can follow Alpha Geek Radio on Twitter to receive the same effect and only be notified of Alpha Geek Radio productions rather than the entire family of Versus the World productions. You can also search for us on Facebook. Do a search there for Casually Hardcore for my main Facebook page. You can search for GnomeWise to find my personal page. And I have just created the Alpha Geek Radio page on Facebook and we'll begin populating that with announcements of... When archives are posted and other news, go ahead and find us on Facebook, like us there so that we may communicate all the nerdy goodness that we'll be doing on your behalf and for you. Did I miss anything, Joel? No, I think we covered it all. I'm going to go Excellent. like that Facebook page right now. Ah, you are the man. Yeah, I'll get you uh, admin privileges on there once I see you liking it up, but good. It may not be in their search engine yet. Um, I will get a... Uh, Actually, Loranis in the IRC has the link and can post it for live listeners right now. And we will include all this in the show notes for the show once we post it to the RSS feed. You can find the show's homepage by coming to vtwproductions.com. And if you click on the Shows tab at the top of the page, you'll find alphabetically right at the top, Alpha Geek. And that's the homepage for Alpha Geek Radio and Alpha Geek Interviews. The RSS feed is available there. An embedded web player is available there if you just want to play it right through your web browser. All manner of ways for accessing the fun what we create here. I have been Other Todd, and joining me over the miracle of Skype has been... Joel Duggan from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Say about for us. About? 
Oh, you said you said it all the Southern American way. That's no fun at all. Because I say it normal. <laughs> you slip every once in a while, and it's fun to listen for it. That's gonna be. Oh, that, I see. That is gonna be the become the Alpha Geek Radio Fridays drinking game for the alcoholics oh, in the audience. Every time you you slide into the um, stereotypical Canadian, um, Bob and Doug a, McKenzie sort of thing. Good day, eh? a boot. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, and if you were to parade across the video wall with milk in a bag, then we would have to, I think, chug a six pack or something. <laughs> nice. But I digress. You have well, been thanks listening. Thanks for having me on, man. This this is oh, a lot of fun. I'm having a great deal of fun. I think we have a bright future ahead of us. Uh, we'll start looking forward to bringing some guests on in the future. I sent out a flotilla of emails this morning to potential interviewees. Uh, We'll see who responds and who has time to join us live and what kinds of things we can pre-record for you guys as well. So I'm going to go patrol the IRC for the arrival of Mr. Scott Johnson so I can hand the stream over to him for his musical pre-show or his tap dance routine he does before the instance. And we'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Meanwhile, we the heck are out of here. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass!